0: Welcome back to episode 71 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent in which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen the series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler free where I give my overall opinion on the series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into CopCraft. Released in 2019 by studio Milpensy, it has 12 episodes and comes in both sub and dub. I watched in a mixture of the two. The story takes place a few years after a portal opens in the Pacific Ocean connecting Earth to a world of magic. A detective in the San Teresa Police Department named Kay Mataba is seeking revenge after his partner Rick is killed during a bust involving a kidnapped fairy. Kay wants to hit the streets alone but is stuck partnered with Tilarna Exidilica, a Samanian liaison sent to Earth to aid in the investigation. The smuggling of fairies across the gate threatens to jeopardize world relations, leaving Kay and Talarna to solve this case quickly. Kay is the man. I loved his rendition of the Miranda rights and how he educated the Samanian punks who tried to shake him down by kicking their asses. Kay is pretty much Riggs from Lethal Weapon. Both former soldiers turned police detectives with similar hair, smoking habits, and ability to handle torture. Kay even took down his captor with a headbutt followed by the same leg choke Riggs used while strung up and electrocuted. Kay comes off fairly brash, but is shown to have a heart allowing a cat to live in his home despite being allergic. With COVID, we all know how crappy wearing a mask can be for an extended period of time. The last thing I would want is being stuck with one on at home. Kay is putting up with a real inconvenience for Kuroi's sake and is a better man than me. Not only would the cat be gone, I would kick T'Larna out of my house after she let me wear a mask knowing I didn't need it due to the elixir. But Kay picking T'Larna up after telling her to sleep on a park bench proves he can't leave a stray out in the cold. What I wanted to see is that compassion for Rick's wife. Kay had to know he was wrong for delivering the news of Rick's death over the phone. He should have been there in person to support her and the kids. So Tilarna is a knight permitted to operate on Earth? I found her lack of understanding and all things technological fun. She couldn't help herself from touching buttons or pulling the emergency brake in Kay's car. She didn't even know what guns were. Kay had to save Tilarna's ass by pulling her behind the coach during their first shootout. I would have liked to seen T'Lerna adapt to the world as shown in the opening with her trying on new outfits and exploring. Make an episode out of it with Cecil or even Jamie and Cammie. I'd take her learning about Earth customs over the cat body switch any day. T'Lerna also needs a lesson in excessive force. She murdered her first suspect, cut off the second's finger, and slapped the hell out of a cuffed perp in an interrogation room. I'm surprised she was granted the position of detective. When it came to gear and abilities, I really liked Tilarna's sword being kept sheathed by a strap through the ring hilt. She can perform some spells and has the ability to sniff out magical essence. Her outfit is made of a special material and by using a chant will change form. Tilarna looks sick in the all white, and the clothes being more fitting gave her agility and speed a realistic feel. When it came to Kay and Tilarna's partnership, these two grow to appreciate each other, and while I'm proud of Kay defending Tilarna from the cop who insulted her for being Samanian, he is no better. Kay tried to explain this away by saying he calls T'Larna alien as a form of teasing but that's bullshit. When they were first partnered, he wasn't being friendly then. Which brings me to Kenny. Once you get past his discrimination of Samanians, Kenny is a great guy. He became fond of T'Larna after she chopped his tie off. He felt guilty taking the brooch given to T'Larna by her mother and contemplated calling Kay when she went into the club solo. T'Larna being around has caused Kenny to reevaluate his prejudice and improve his treatment of Samanians. Plus my man's jammies were fire. Cecil is a coroner and Kay's ex-girlfriend. I have no idea how these two had a relationship. They say opposites attract, but I can't see them together. Cecil seems like she would get walked all over dating Kay. He is such an ass on their first meeting he tells her not to steal evidence from a corpse. What about that screams wow I might like this guy. Now I'm pretty much just going to break down the stupidity in every storyline. What is a detective series without a corrupt police chief? My issue isn't so much the cliche, it's how poorly this was implemented. Firstly, if Roth's speech was honest, this is how it would go. I've been working against you, Kay, holding you back at every turn. I made sure you were partnered with Tilarna to slow you down. Even though that was yesterday and you still caught me today, so I guess that didn't really help. But I also tipped Zaylod off to the temple being compromised so he could escape. I mean, that was only five minutes ago and you still caught him, so I guess the heads up was useless. You know what, as I go on, I don't really feel like I did anything to stop this investigation. If this scenario happened at the end of the season, there could have been more instances of criminals being a step ahead, explained by Roth leaking information. Which brings me to my next point, Roth's reveal as a traitor was way too early. I love the television show Castle. It's about a writer who teams up with a police detective to gain inspiration for their murder mystery novels. It was discovered their captain was involved in kidnapping and cover-ups at the end of the third season, This was heartbreaking because he was part of the team. The captain always had their back so it felt like a true betrayal. Roth being exposed should have happened during the season finale if not an episode before. This way a connection is built with that character. In the dub, Kay says you were like a father to me after their shootout and Roth responds, was I? Yeah, was he? I wouldn't know, these guys barely interacted. The one positive of getting Roth out of the way early is we get Chief Zimmer. He was the stereotypical no-nonsense boss and was played up as a character. Next is Roth's motivation for turning on his own, which was piss poor. His excuse is the Samanians might take over Earth one day, maybe in generations. He has no evidence this will happen and the Samanians have made no attempts to do so thus far. He wants to go full terrorist for a possibility. Every time you step into the street a car could hit you, should we destroy all vehicles? Anything can happen but you don't alter life for what ifs. I can't get behind setting off nukes for the prevention of something that may not even occur. The series should have taken a more grounded approach for the chief's hatred of Samani. Have a flashback where Roth's wife was killed by a Samanian and he's been harboring that grudge. This way, even if you don't agree with what he's doing, you can sympathize with the pain and understand his warped thinking. Another confusing point was the chief claimed Rick was on to him and needed to be killed. Why did Rick suspect Roth and how did Kay know nothing about it? They were partners for years, wouldn't Rick have told Kay his suspicions? What could have solved that issue is during the first episode when Kay is complaining the fairy dealers are running late for the exchange. Have Rick say hey since we have a moment I want to run something by you. Then have Kay partially listening, interrupt him like they're here and hop out of the car. Then Rick dies and never has the chance to tell Kay his findings. Moving on to the vampires revival it was an alright side story. I was happy Cecil's assistant was killed. He complained about Cecil having a conversation with Kay and learn at work but when a brain scan is needed, he tries to brush it off while playing video games. What an annoying hypocrite. I think the vampire is a relative of Guts from Berserk with how she bit down on T'Lerna's sword. And Kay must be related to Captain Obi from Fire Force with how he used a common fire extinguisher on a super-powered being. All I could think of when the vampire started fighting Tilarna is Kevin Hart screaming, She ain't got no nipples! T'Lerna continued to underestimate Earth weapons. She's like, withdraw, the vampire's invincible right now followed by SWAT completely lighting it up with automatic gunfire. The vampire herself even said it Rector. One of the issues I had with the vampire's death is a lack of logic. Kay and t Larna chased the vampire into a subway tunnel but didn't bring SWAT with them. When the vampire is killed, it was run over by a slow-moving train with the brakes on. Her body wouldn't have been ripped to pieces like it was shown. I hate everything about the t Larna and Kuroi body swap episodes. It was filled with convenient circumstances and stupidity. The artifacts received no damage from sword slices when Tilarna chopped down the plane, they didn't break after falling from the sky or become runes steeping in swamp water. What great luck the crossbow was pulled back and loaded with a bolt when Kuroi who has been shown to be an average lazy cat decides now to flip out pulling the trigger with Tilarna perfectly in line to be shot. The crossbow then falls into the trash can and put out on the curb as it's garbage day. Kuroi who can't walk on two legs and has never had the use of opposable thumbs somehow found a way to remove Tilarna's shorts before climbing into Kay's bed. Kay's explanation for Kuroi's hyper antics is she's hungry, then he leaves without feeding her. The one smart thing done was Tilarna using text to enlist Cecil's help. She wrote a detailed message of the situation, but when Cecil calls Tilarna, we're back to the bullshit. She's confused why only cat noises are coming through the phone. Dummy, it clearly said in the text Kuroi and Tilarna switched minds. Cecil should have ran to the dumpster immediately to get the crossbow instead of waiting for Tilarna's body to knock her unconscious, which, if we're being honest, would never happen. After her nap, Cecil runs back into the house wasting more time pulling down the blinds to stop Tilarna's cheeks from showing. Then she screams on the phone demanding the trash man help her, but hangs up before he can respond. After all this ridiculousness, the crossbow's destruction reverts the transfer, making this entire journey pointless. The end of the season got oddly political and the word immigrant is pretty much replaced with Samanian. The series hit all the typical notes, protests turning into riots due to high racial tension. Samanians are taking our jobs, they commit all the crimes, if they don't like it here go back to their own world. Earth was once Samanian land but we paid reparations for that. They're living off a society humanity built while trying to act like they own it. I'm not saying it's bad to incorporate these themes, I just didn't feel the series did anything substantial with them. Which brings me to Cole, a Samanian candidate running for office. A man so vain, he had a magazine with his face on the cover next to the bed he was about to smash in. After getting caught red-handed, Cole claims it was a setup. He did not have relations with that Samanian woman. Cole's wife Marla was a sneaky witch, urging him to speak with the police because he has nothing to hide. Great legal counsel, that's never gotten anyone into trouble before. Marla supports Cole in view of the public, but behind the scenes she's hiring assassins and deleting emails. Does any of this sound familiar? She ran for office using the sympathy vote after her husband was out of the picture. What a scumbag. T'Lerna should have listened to Kay and not befriended Zoe. It's not only a huge conflict, but her judgment was clouded. T'Lerna was quick to despise Cole, blaming him for Zoe's death when he had no idea about the hit. Yet she has no issue looking past Zoe's criminal activity because they're friends. Zoe was a prostitute, thief, and sold information to Cole which could have led him to not facing the justice T'Lerna wanted so bad. You can't pick and choose what criminal is punished, everyone needs to be judged equally. Zaylotta was the main villain, he was a decrepit old man and not threatening in the slightest. The power of swiping his finger over a device to control people was lame. Zaylotta's drip was corny with his tiny glasses and huge hat, rocking all red with a cane made him look like a pimp. Early in the season, Zaylotta ate some shots, had an arm cut off, and flung himself over a building rail, none of which killed him. So in the final fight, even though it was a cool shot when Kay went first person and unloads two clips on Zaylata, you'd think he'd realize sooner it had no effect. As for his death, for some reason Zaylata allows Kay to uncuff Tilerna. He was invisible at the time and should have killed them both behind the couch. Instead, he gave them time to activate the sprinklers and switch weapons to kill him, which was awesome. As for the production, it would hold a shot for mad long while dialogue was read. When Tilarna explained her clothes, it held on Chief Zimmer's face, and when Randall was talking to Kay on the park bench, it held on Tilarna's face. When Zelada was explaining himself with T'Larna on the coach, it just held on them looking at each other. The animators relied on still shots to fill action sequences as well. The sword fights with Tilarna and Dennis in the club in Burning Temple looked horrible. During the chase of Cole's assassin, Kay glided in the air while dodging an attack, it looked really cheap. For the majority of the action scenes, it was difficult to tell what was happening. When Kay was getting snatched up by the vampire before being thrown into the fountain, it was hard to see. And when Tony is taken hostage, Kay's vision is blurred by what I'm guessing is supposed to be a shotgun muzzle flare, but it looked more like a flashbang grenade. The series also had really random scenes, like after Kay shot Roth, Tilarna pointed over to him as if Kay didn't know where Roth landed. Kay is aware Roth is bleeding out on the ground, he just put him there. While in the mall looking for the vampire, these two bump into each other for no reason before the scene continues. It just seemed like the editing in this anime was really strange. It wasn't all bad, there was some super cool 3D shots. Like when Tilarna was tracking the vampire, it did a 360 around her while kneeling and all the driving scenes were smooth. The audio was much better than the visuals in this series. The sound of air whistling through Kay's car window after rolling it down was awesome and the music playing while Kay faced Roth created an intense moment before they fired on each other. The opening track's instrumental was very flashy, it had an 80s detective television show feel, but when the vocals kicked in, it turned into something different. Not that the Switch was bad, it just lost the vibe for me. Now Copcraft is the reason I started skipping openings for fear of spoilers. Seeing Tilarna transform in the opening made me aware she had a battle suit. It took away from the first time she glowed in the elevator before jetting down the hall, busting through a door, and starting a gunfight. Similar to Fire Force, Copcraft was recommended to me early in my anime watching journey. The reason it's being reviewed so far into the list of series I've seen is because I started Copcraft and Sub after being an exclusive dub watcher. During the autopsy scene in the second episode where Latina is being explained, I was so lost and couldn't keep up. I told Kaylee Kale I'd have to wait until the dub version was released. Once I came back around to try and Copcraft again, subtitles no longer gave me issues. I even went to rewatch that scene subbed and was embarrassed I couldn't understand back then what is so easy now. Where I'd been waiting on the dub, I decided to give it a go. The dub is by no means perfect, but is tolerable compared to some other shows. Kay's voice actor David Matrangelo was awesome, he sounded like an angry cop. His best moment was breaking down after Kay's car is destroyed, I can imagine how much fun he had recording that scene. T'Larna's voice actress Felicia Angel sounded uppity like she was above others, which is exactly how T'Larna comes off. Keeping the positives going, I want to touch on some highlights. This show was gruesome and I loved it. It focused on Rick after his neck was snapped and the cops who blew their brains out. Tilarno was bloodily slicing guys, even cutting their hands off. Another great moment is when Kay and the patrol officer argue about what is and isn't vanilla while inspecting the titty mags. And I admit to nothing with this next point. These criminals are missing out on huge marketing potential. Sprites are used to create a drug called fairy dust. The dealer should seal them in thin plastic tubes and label them pixie sticks. Once the powder is released, the tubing doubles as a straw to snort it. Nitpicks During the opening exchange of cash for the ferry, Kay simply sets the holding container on the ground. If that was any other evidence like a briefcase full of drugs, you'd secure it in the vehicle before pulling out a gun to make the arrest. I really need to know Kay's age. It says he is born in 1993 and assuming it's 2019 in the Copcraft universe, that makes him 26. But Kay looks in his mid-30s at least. The reason I'm curious is in the sub, Chief Ross says he's known Rick for 20 years, and in the dub, he says he's worked with Rick for 20 years. So how freaking old is Rick? I felt like an idiot when Kay first went to pick up Tilarna. I envisioned an airport when I already knew the portal is in the middle of the ocean. You'd think by now there would be a platform of sorts built around it instead of people being transferred from one boat to another. When Kay was attempting to defuse the ferry bomb, I was thinking why not just cut or smash the glass part? Then I thought it's probably rigged a blow if the glass is tampered with. Then the ferry self destructs, shattering the glass, and nothing happens, so they could have simply broken the ferry out. In one episode, K tips a cargo van on its side by brake checking, and Tilarna wall rides Kay's new car on the side of a truck. Plus, a shotgun was pointed at Tony, and when fired, he wasn't hit. Kay is shown shaving, and after he's done, his facial hair is unchanged, meaning he purposely keeps long sideburns and chin scruff. Torte stole Nike's slogan for his political campaign, just do it. If Randall feared for his life, why not tell Kay his discovery while face-to-face instead of sending an email? Kay, while tearing through Zelada's puppets in the final episode, kicks one in the air, then he reloads his weapon before the body fell back down. That corpse must have been temporarily floating. Quote of the series. The writing in the dub was hilarious, I couldn't just pick one line, so here are a few of my favorites. Total boner material, those boobies are famous in this world. I pitched a tent, took me from 6 to midnight. Undercover Tony will say whatever it takes to get the job done. Next is when K speeds off in his new ride leaving t Larna and says, Later nerd! I was laughing for a solid 5 minutes. Calm Your Tits makes the list only because I used to say that when I was 15. Finally we have Cammy before beating the abusive boyfriend. Are you deaf and dickless? I called you baby dick, as in a coward with a tiny penis who gets off on beating women. Best girl waifu and harem. Best girl is Jamie. We didn't see a lot of her, but I enjoyed the string of internet research and being a hot blonde helped her win too. She is not a waifu, but my harem would be Jamie on one arm and Cammy on the other. Final thoughts. What do you call a buddy cop series with a supernatural twist? Copcraft. It isn't good in a technical sense. The animation was often weak and the story could have been better. Regardless, I still enjoyed the hell out of this show if I'm being honest, I can't even describe why. I'd recommend this series to someone if they genuinely had nothing else to watch. Alright, that's going to be it for this week's review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.